The Diehard Eagles podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Coors Light. When you're sweating out your bets, remember to take some time to chill and grab the perfect cold refreshment, Coors Light. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is home to the Best Ball Mania 2 contest where you can win $1 million. That's right, $1 million. Sign up now at underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Welcome everyone to the diehard Eagles podcast. I'm Sean second, the money green with my fellow diehards, Robbie and Justin Robbie. We got a, we got a look Devonte Smith in those shirt jerseys running around catching passes. I already noticed that uh, he was hustling harder than some of the receivers. Couldn't tell who it was. Travis Fulgham possibly dogging it early. How excited are you to just see uh, some of these guys out there running around catching some balls? Oh man, it's it's amazing, and it's amazing how we watch these little twenty second clips on Twitter and and get all amped up and uh, analyze them like they mean so much. But uh, I like everything I've seen. You know, Smith's a smooth operator out there from the you know combined ninety seconds maybe I've seen of him. Um but I'm just glad to have something, something that we can analyze and, and something that football's on its way back. Yes, totally agree. I, I remember uh it was uh it must have been 2016 when uh Carson Wentz first made it to the uh made it to the OTAs. He was hustling a little bit more than Sam Bradford. I pointed out Sam Bradford's negative body language on the Eagles subreddit. They said I was making a big deal and they were wrong. They were wrong. I knew, I knew that, uh, that once eventually helped us win a super Bowl, but also, uh, we turned on him cause he turned his back on us. Hashtag ginger Judas moving over to a positive quarterback, a positive guy who knows the right things to say, AKA rent is due every day. And I don't plan on missing a payment. Jalen hurts. I, I love the sentiment. It is a little weird because rents rents usually do monthly, but I still like where his head's at about rent being due. It seems like Jalen Hurts can't say the wrong thing right now, Justin. Yeah, uh, you were talking about Sam Bradford and that negative attitude. You were talking about Wentz as well, and I mean Hurts is everything um, that that is not. I mean he's said all the right things so far. Uh, he played fairly well at the end of last season. Um, so we have no reason but to think that he can improve and do even better. Um, I guess I will say, though, that we've seen a little bit of Devonta Smith out there, you know, catching some passes, maybe even a little bit of Rager, but I want to see some hurts. I want to see some of those highlights and yeah. see what he's doing on the field uh, with these guys. Come on, Justin. You didn't see him throw through that hoop today. <laughs> there was there was a hoop photo that uh, hoop video. I need more content. <laughs> it is. It is so funny, and I mean, even just to get them there with the negotiating of 
I mean, come on, guys. You should put your shoulder pads on. I, I get it. You don't want to be tackling and getting injured, but put your shoulder pads on. If you've ever tried to throw a football with with shoulder pads on and without, there's a big difference. So I, I don't know what they're doing, not putting the shoulder pads on. But again, just good to see some practice stuff out there. We got the first look at the uh, defensive coordinator, JG, aka Jonathan Gannon, who it's funny. They're already talking. There's already whispers in the NFL circles that uh, Jonathan Gannon is, is the next head coach uh, possible. Like he's, he's already on the head coach radar. He hasn't even coached one game. I'm kind of worried. I- I'm still super worried about the second uh, cornerback, Robbie. Where do you think? Uh, what, do, what do you think about Jonathan Gannon so far? He's again, thoroughly seems to be saying the right stuff. Any any red flags for uh, JG so far? No, I mean I, I listened to his whole press conference. Uh, first time we've heard from him, and you know he's a young, another young and energetic guy that lacks experience, but I like it. He seems hungry. Um, you know, I'm just hoping our our coaching staff's going to outwork yeah. everyone and and show that they have something to prove. And you know, the one thing that's jumped out at me now that, I, that I really like hearing, and we touched upon this last time, but Jonathan Gannon said the same thing is he's tailoring his scheme to the players. He needs to see the players, what they can do. And he wants to tailor, you know, the scheme. We're going to have multiple looks. We're not one pigeonholed into one thing that, you know, candidly, I think Jim Schwartz did a lot. He, he stuck with his base scheme and didn't really move off it. Um, so I, I just like hearing that from Gann and that he wants to play to our strengths. Obviously the secondary remains a weakness, but let's see what he can do. Yeah. And, and, you know, his previous role was defensive back uh, coordinator. So if anyone can get more out of these defensive backs, you would think it's a guy like Jonathan Gann and yeah, the, the age versus experience thing. And, and obviously the Eagles are skewing younger lack of experience, but maybe connects better with the players. It's crazy. The special teams coordinator is 29. And I just think where, where I was in life, at, at age 29, I was not ready to, you know, coordinate an entire special teams outfit. And it feels weird to be that much older than an Eagles coach. Granted, they are just coaching special teams, but come on. He did have a, a lot of people were killing him for this quote that uh, the players are going to make him a better coach and help him grow. It's like, no, dude, I, I think you have it, it exactly opposite. You're the one that's supposed to help these guys grow, figure it out, but really just hit field goals and don't fumble punts. And, and you're going to be a hall of fame special teams coach. Yeah. And sh- yeah. So and if I could just jump in, I mean, I think the other thing that that's worth noting with these coaches is, you know, I've also watched almost all I think of the player press conferences and it may be a lot of lip service. I'm sure there's some of it, but they also do seem genuinely excited about the new staff and, and kind of what they're looking to do. So I mean, I'll take it at face value for now. It may not mean a lot, but uh, just, just listening to them, it's kind of refreshing as well. They seem amped up coming into the year. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what we have going for us with this team, with this season, it's new blood, it's a freshness. It's an inject. It's a youth movement. It's an injection of optimism. And again, we'll, we'll see how long it lasts, but for now it's, it's awesome. And it's, it's just good not to see kind of the same old, uh, yeah, just the same old bullshit being trotted out there. Uh, Justin, any thoughts on uh, on the new defensive head coach or defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon? Are you uh, are you nervous at all? I mean, I, I'm still pretty worried about the second cornerback spot. 
and, and what they do there? Well, I'm both optimistic and nervous at the same time. I think Rob kind of pointed it out, you know, watching his press conference, you get a, some Sirianni vibes in there too, with him being young and uh, a big green there. But um, obviously I'm optimistic. I'm hoping to see some good stuff going on and he's talking, he's saying the right things, you know, developing the scheme around the guys that we have. And I mean, other coaches have said that before um, and it's, it's worked out here some places and not so much other places. I think the key thing though, is with those schemes, are they going to be able to make the in-game adjustments? Um, I think Schwartz actually had decent schemes from game to game, but he just failed to make the adjustments was the key part within what he was doing. Um, he seemed a little bit uh, hard headed in making those decisions. And he felt like he had to stick within that, those in-game adjustments that he originally originally planned. So if he's able to make those adjustments in game, you know, whether it be quarter to quarter or halftime um, in order to put them in a successful position, then that's going to be the key part. And I think these guys could really rally behind them right now. Everybody seems galvanized. They all seem positive, but let's see how they're handling it, you know, quarter way through the year, uh, depending upon the record and what's happening. Yeah, I mean, it, it it really is to, to, tough to judge him. I, I do like the fact that he's talking about turnovers and disguising, uh, you know, some of the um, you know some of the schemes because that was what was really annoying about Schwartz is that he would just refuse to adjust, refuse to disguise anything, and and it did have an impact on our turnovers. He would just, you know, his defenders, and I'm sure when he was talking to management, he'd say, look, our points per game are good, but yeah, if you're giving up a ton of field position, not creating turnovers. And again, that's why I'm slightly optimistic about this year, because there could be a pretty decent turnover swing again. Jalen hurts had a bit of a fumbling issue. We'll see if that continues, but uh, Wentz was horrific with the turnovers and our defense didn't create any turnovers. So if we can just get slightly more turnovers and slightly less turnover, uh, you know, on the other end, there's a big swing there. Of course it is. Uh, there still are a couple decent free agent names out there, or at least, um, you know, possible trade names out there. Julio Jones made national news when he shit on the Cowboys. That was pretty awesome. Robbie, what do you think watching that clip of Julio Jones on skip and Shannon? Do you think that was staged at all? I keep going back and forth as to whether or not I feel like Shannon Sharp had to have kind of given him the heads up. He was calling him. It felt a little, the guy who's worked in TV, it felt a little stage, but if it was, they really pulled it (laughs) off. Rob, what do you think? Yeah. You know, honestly, I didn't even think about it until now. It didn't come across to me as staged. um, But I was thinking if I was Julio, I would have been pissed, Uh, you know, just getting a call and no heads up that you're on air. Yeah. Um, I mean, come on. That'd be pretty. And technically in California, you can't record someone and you certainly can't put it on air without their knowledge. So I, I think he must've given him some heads up or maybe he's just so, so close with Shannon that he doesn't give a shit. But I, I mean, him going out of his way to throw a dig into the Cowboys. I think if they planned that ahead of time, they wouldn't have had the random Cowboys digging it. I, I, I keep going back and forth. Justin, is it real or fake? I'm going to go with you, Sean. I, I don't, I won't say it's a hundred percent fake. I think there was a little bit of a heads up um, and then some ad lib involved. I'm going to say yeah. a little bit of half and half there. Yeah. I mean, like, I love the dig though. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe the dig was just to, uh, to get it skip a little bit since yeah. Shannon and skip are always going back and forth. And, and Skip's <laughs> was, obviously a big Cowboys guy. 
It's that a solid was, point, Rob. That was my favorite part of the clip when, uh, you know, Shannon calls him up, just, you know, put him on speakerphone. He's like, Hey, what's up, man? What's going on? And then skips like, yeah, mention the Cowboys, the Cowboys. And he's like, I know you're not going to the Cowboys. Uh, watching skips reaction when he, when he shits all over the Cowboys was just truly, truly priceless. But what about, what about Julio Jones? I know we're youth movement. I know we're not trying to bring in old Injury, uh, injury issue, or you know, a receiver with injury issues, not ideal. So, from that sense, it doesn't, it, it, you know, isn't really what they should be doing game plan wise. But if you told me the Eagles train for Julio Jones tomorrow, I'm fucking excited. I'm not gonna lie, Justin. Could you talk your? I know I can talk myself into it. I'm not gonna be upset if they don't do it, but if they do do it, I, I know I'll be on board. Where are you at with Julio Jones? I mean, the case for him is that he makes. It makes Hertz and Sirianni's job easier. He can mentor Defonta Smith, takes the pressure off Rager. The case for him is pretty easy. Uh, I mean, I could definitely talk myself into it. Am I saying they should do it? I don't think so. Um, I like what we got going on. I like that we have a young coaching staff. We have young, talented players, especially on the offensive side of the ball, who I think we could really build around and build some chemistry. So uh, Hertz needs to build that chemistry with Adams and also with Regor this season. And if you're throwing Julio Jones, an older wide receiver in the mix, who's super talented, do not get me wrong. I just don't know if he's also that piece that we need to put us over any hump this season anyways. So I don't know if it's necessarily worth it in the long run. I'll say this though. Week one, the Eagles play in Atlanta. Come on. You know, he's having a monster game week one in Atlanta. They just traded him. I, I think he put up 200 yards week one, Robbie, you, you, uh, you do labor, you label yourself the realist on the show. This is, this is crazy trading for Julio, right? Well, I said I was I said I was the optimist in the offseason and a realist during the season, but realist Rob is back on this one. This is bad for us for so many reasons. I mean, yeah. first of all, he's getting paid something. I, I, I think it was something like $23 million is his cap hit. I mean, how are we gonna afford him? We have no cap room to begin with, especially this year. So the only way we could feasibly afford him is one of you know Howie's deals where he spreads the cap hit over like four or five years. And yep. then we're committing to a veteran who's over the age of 30 for four or five years with this cap hit. It makes no financial sense for us. And then, you know, the other thing is I get it. He could add something, to the offense, would he make our offense better? Yes. There's no denying that, but long-term is he making us better? I don't know because if we put him out there, he's immediately taking snaps away from either Smith Ragor or some of our other young receivers that we need to develop and we need to see what they have. And like Justin said, adding him this year, isn't making us win the super bowl. So, so at that point, what is, what is the point? What are we really gaining? I just don't see the upside. Would I love to see him on the field? Would he dominate? Sure. But I just don't see how it's a smart financial or otherwise strategic move for us. Yeah. You said it's not a, it's not a strategic or smart financial move, which makes me think the uh, Eagles are probably going to do it (laughs) (laughs) to piggyback on Rob's point there. I mean, if you're going to go all out like that for Julio, it's like we, he's not the position we need a stud at, at this point. I mean, we, we'd be much better off getting a, a decent corner at this point than uh, you know, a stud wide receiver, I feel like would make our, uh, uh, our team ultimately better. 
Yeah. Plus we have uh Devonte Smith who even needs Julio. <laughs> I like it. No. And you're right. It, it would ultimately take away, not necessarily snaps, but definitely targets from Devonta Smith. I mean, if you're bringing in Julio Jones, he's at least getting a hundred targets that season. And, and it probably is better to get those to the younger receivers and try and build some young chemistry long-term. But man, I would be so jacked week one. If we had Julio Jones going up against the Falcons and, and can't help but think of it the short term. But that being said, it feels like we have maybe one move left in the Howie arsenal. We get rid of Zach Ertz. That'll free up uh, some cap space. I think they're going to just cut him after June 1st. seems like that's where it's going. And I think they take that money, hopefully, and put it to uh, Steven Nelson as the second cornerback and Steven Nelson, relatively young. I, I don't have his age in front of me, but him and Darius slay, that's a pretty solid cornerback duo. I'm optimistic on it. I'm still, everyone's talking about the second quarterback. I still think we have holes in our safeties. I mean, I'm still pretty worried about the safety situation for the Eagles. And I, I think that's kind of going under, under the radar as far as uh, us as fans and the media is, as you know, that just could be kind of a disaster. All right. We're going to get to some Eagles prop bets for the season. There's a bunch of uh, random ones out there that are pretty fun. What a shout out winbet.com. That's right. The win betting app can't head out to Las Vegas right now. Don't worry. Las Vegas can come to you. Justin, I know you're a huge fan of Las Vegas. You might not be able to make it out this weekend, but you can download the win betting app. W Y N N bet.com head over there now. And uh, sign up, and you get a uh, chance for a well, you get up to a $500 risk free bet. Terms and conditions apply. Again, get the details at wynnbet.com. They got the best odds, the best promos, the best parlay boost, player props. They got it all over at winbet.com. Thought it'd be fun to start breaking down some of these uh, just random collection of player props. First one on the board, newly acquired. And I don't think we've gotten, I think we've kind of touched on it a little bit on the podcast, maybe coming in here to play that Chris long role, Ryan Kerrigan total for sacks over under is set at five and a half. He's had five and a half sacks the last two years coming into this year. I'll let you start it off. Justin, are you going over under Kerrigan sacks? I'm going to go under uh, for this one, Sean. Reason being is uh, you kind of pointed out, is he going to be that, Chris Long role. Um, how many snaps is he really going to get? The other wild card here is Gannon and his schemes. What's he going to try and uh, have going on there with the team? Uh, how much pressure is he going to try and get have uh, going? So I'm going to have to go under in this case. I'm not sure he's going to be able to uh, get to the quarterback enough or see enough snaps as well in order to make at least six sacks this season. Can he have a decent role? Can he really create pressure? For sure, but I don't know if he's actually going to be able to get six sacks. Yeah, and and worth mentioning here, as people compare him to the Chris Long role, Chris Long had five regular season sacks in 2017. Obviously, had a big impact in the playoffs with some. Uh, I don't know how many sacks he had, but he definitely had some pressures. I mean, I, I you know, he was. Fu- I mean, changed that game when he uh, when he hit. Uh, I'm blanking. Who was the Vikings quarterback for that game? The, Case Keenum, yeah, or no wait, Keenum was it? All right, I'm gonna look that up. That's uh, driving me crazy. But um, right, is it what? 
<laughs> I'm going to look that up. Robbie, who was, who was the quarterback? It was Case Keenum. You're right. Okay. Yeah, I'm losing my mind here. <laughs> anyway, Chris Long had five sacks for uh, in the regular season and then, uh, you know, did, did pretty well in the playoffs. But Ryan, Granted, Kim- that was a 16 game season at that point, but we got the extra game. He could go yeah, over the right. hump. Could, yeah. could get over the hump. Robbie, where are you at? Over under five and a half uh, sacks for Ryan Kerrigan. You know, this is a tough one. Um, I think he's going to come in here motivated with something to prove. I am a little concerned about our rotation. Um, but I'm going to say over, I think with the 17 games, um, you know, hopefully he has like four sacks against the skins alone just to prove a point. So I'll say he can get six sacks. I'll take over. Ooh, I like it. Yeah. I'm with you. I, I say over on the, uh, on the sacks. I think they're going to do some interesting stuff and, and they're bringing in a couple players, Ryan Kerrigan, not being the only one where they've, uh, they've also played outside linebacker in a three, four. So I think there's going to be some interesting fronts uh, that uh, Jonathan Gannon, AKA JG is going to be running. I, I think they're going to mix it up a little bit and I wouldn't be surprised if they have him blitzing from kind of like a joker linebacker role. And that may uh, free up some opportunities for him as well to get some sacks five and a half. I, I think it's pretty doable. And again, I don't know how high the Eagles are on Derek Barnett. He's had a lot of, issues staying on the field. So I wouldn't be surprised if he gets banged up, they toss him on and you know, he ends up starting a decent number of games and easily getting over that five and a half sacks. Next prop bet we have here on the list. This one's kind of an interesting one because they brought in carry carry on Johnson. They drafted Kenny Gainwell. They obviously have miles Sanders, Robbie will Boston Scott make the roster. He could be odd man out here. I'm going to say no. Um, This is a real tough one because he has contributed at times. I just, as I try to think through, you know, obviously we have miles Sanders and we have Gainwell who seems like a shifty back. I'm just not sure what Boston Scott is adding compared to those guys. Maybe, you know, I guess he's kind of a veteran presence. So maybe that's enough to save him. Um, You know, he, he has had some big, third down conversion. So, um, but there's going to be some tough decisions and it's a new regime that hopefully isn't loyal to anyone. So I'll say no. Yeah. I mean, that could, that could easily work for or against Boston Scott. The, the fact that, you know, he doesn't have any sort of baggage like he might have had with the old coaches. He, he really had some pretty good moments. And then some moments where you're like, Oh man, he had a couple of games there, notably against the giants where he was just kind of going off offensive player of the week. He had that, you know, slow motion spin move. I think he's going to make the team because, you know, they keep going out of their way to mention that this, the, uh, the running backs are going to be pass catchers. They got to be involved. And I, I think, you know, Boston Scott has flashed enough in the pass catching role uh, as a running back to, to end up staying on the, uh, the roster here. I think he's the fourth running back though. Cause I think it's going to be um, Miles Sanders, carry on Johnson, the number two, Kenny Gainwell, kind of the third down back. Although I think they will run some two back pony package and then Boston Scott uh, closing it out there in the fourth spot. Justin, are you with us? Do you think Scott makes the roster? Or do you think he gets cut? I do not think he makes the roster. And I think wow. Rob kind of pointed it out. It is a new regime. I think uh, he had a little bit of rope there with Peterson. They felt comfortable with him. He knew what they were running. 
uh, they could go to him, you know, uh, when guys went down. But in this case, I think they want to start fresh. I think they want to start anew. Not that that would be the ultimate reason that they wouldn't go with Scott, but we got talent, as you just mentioned, at that position. Um, so I don't know if they really need to go to him. At best, he's fourth, maybe fifth. So if that's the case, uh, I could see him maybe on the practice squad, but I don't think he's making the 53-man roster to start the season at this point. Oh man. He, he, I love rooting for that guy. He's kind of like a Sproles 2.0, but I mean, I, I guess that's selling Sproles short because Sproles really long career, super athletic, had a lot of, uh, just a lot of dynamic moves that Boston Scott clearly doesn't have this one. I, I feel, feel almost dirty talking about it, but how many starts will Joe Flacco have even a disgusting question to entertain. Although it is a 17 game season, Jalen hurts is a runner. Don't even want to let my head uh, go there. I'm going to say under one and a half starts for Joe Flacco. I'm going to be optimistic, but Justin, what would you peg the uh, starts at for Joe Flacco this season? So this is a 17 game season, right? So even with that being said, Sean, I'm insulted and I'm angry that this was even brought up because (laughs) we should not be putting this negative energy into the world before the season even starts. We just went through, you know, a couple seasons, more than a couple seasons of a banged up quarterback who couldn't get himself back together uh, physically. And now mentally he's damaged. I want to keep hurts where he's at mentally strong, physically strong. I'm not even entertaining this. This is an under by far. I'm going to stick with it. I like it. Robbie realist Rob bring us down to earth is, is two Flacco starts even worth entertaining zero next, next topic. <laughs> I love it. Oh man. Come on. We, we can't speculate on that. No, I and, and I, I, you yeah. know, He's shifty. He's starting. He's starting the whole season. I do. It. He does. He. He seems to have a a, a big build too, like a nice frame. Where if he does kind of get, uh, you know, get hit or get tackled, he seems to not. Like in that in that in his first game, that Saints game, I felt like he was getting tackled a bunch. Didn't uh, you know? Didn't seem like he was getting banged up at all. Jalen Hurts starting all seventeen. I'm gonna say I'm. You know what? I wish they offered how many starts Jalen Hurts is gonna have in this season because I would take the over seventeen because we're going to the playoffs, <laughs> baby. Perfect time. Perfect. Now we're talking. <laughs> perfect transition to uh, take a quick, uh, chill break. Talking about Coors Light. That's right, Coors Light. Their, uh, you know, their campaign. They're they're promoting here. How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? Perfect analogy for the Eagles season. We're literally hitting the reset button. I know uh, watching the Eagles last year, super stressful, super. uh, I was on edge for the entire 2020 NFL season. There was literally no moments to relax. Thankfully I had a mountain cold refreshment that was made to chill. AKA my Coors light Coors light. It's cold lager, cold filtered, cold packages, cold package. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind Coors Light. Again, I, I you know, I'm, I'm reading it cause it's on the copy, but I live it. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit the reset button, reach for the beer that's made to chill, get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate responsibly. 
Quick shout out to the city of Golden, Colorado. If you ever find yourself out there, really cool town, and you got to do the Coors Light tour. Did it? Make a whole day of it. It's a great way to just uh, hang out, get day drunk off some uh, some Rocky Mountain cold, refreshing beers. It's refreshing to be optimistic about the Eagles coming into the season. Miles Sanders rushing yards. That is a prop bet that's out there. It's set at nine hundred and a half. Robbie, where are you at with Miles Sanders and just his rushing total for this season? You know, I'm on the over on this. I I think he's going to have a big year. Um, And I think it's because you're going to see a new coaching staff that's going to rededicate itself to the run and hopefully uh, not make boneheaded decisions to abandon the run after a quarter or two when when it's absolutely working. Far too many times last year, we would see miles have great first halves. And then all of a sudden we're not running in the second half. And it just made no sense. I think Sirianni is going to stick to that run more. And I think he's going to look to, um, you know, get the ball to miles Sanders. The only thing that concerns me a little bit with that is I think the screen game is going to be big versus just pure handoff. So if this was a total yards from scrimmage, I think this might be an even easier one, but I'm still going to stick with the over on the rushing. Yeah. I mean, for reference, he had 818 uh, rushing yards his rookie year, but he played pretty much the entire season last year. He missed uh, four games and still put up 867 rushing yards. They actually asked miles Sanders what he thought about the 17 game season. He said more games equals more yards. I think this is actually underpriced at 900 rushing yards. I'm going to take the over, but I'm with you, Rob. I, I think the better bet is to find his uh, total scrimmage yards a bet. I, I think that over is actually a little bit safer, but I, I think the fact that hopefully knock on wood, uh, our offensive line isn't completely decimated in the, in the season that they stick with Sanders a little bit more. I mean, last year was like kind of a nightmare scenario and he almost got to 900 yards. Justin, are you, are you with us here? Are you, are you riding the triple wave of miles? Sanders? Yeah, Sean. Uh, yeah. You beat me to the stat there, actually. I was going to point out, yeah, 867 yards last season. He missed all those games. He's banged up for the games that he played in as well. He didn't seem like he could really stay healthy throughout the season and nearly got to that 900 yards. He got the extra game this season. um, And, you know, you got a new coaching staff who can hopefully use him a little bit better as well, as Rob pointed out. So I see no reason why he shouldn't hit this one hard, actually, out of all the ones that we uh, pointed out as prop bets. So I would bet on it there. If wind's offering it, I'd also drink a course light as I'm betting on it. So there you go. <laughs> Company man, Justin, I like it. All right. This next one, this guy, he's probably put down a couple of quarters light. Seems like a fun guy. Although unfortunately he wasn't able to get the uh, Jersey number 69, which is a pretty big disappointment. I mean, the offensive lineman, Landon Dickerson, the kid they drafted at Alabama just seems like a big fat party animal and a fun guy to have in the locker room. Uh, totally a Kelsey 2.0. I mean, if we ha- I have another super bowl parade, the odds on favorite to take over the role of wearing a mummer's hat and doing a crazy speech might be Landon Dickerson. Hopefully he uh, figures out how to get that Jersey number 69. There's a prop bet. Will he start week one? I'm actually going to say no. I, I think they figure out a way to get him involved, maybe uh, in like the goal line, get him some reps there. But I think he's the first guy off the bench. 
if a guard or even uh, yeah, actually not a tackle, but if a guard or center goes down, I think he's going to be the first one back. And I don't think they're going to want to rush him coming off that ACL, but it's, I mean, he's moving around out there and not, uh, you know, by all accounts should be ready to go towards the beginning of the season. Robbie, do you think Dickerson starts week one? I'm with you. I, I say no. I mean, if he starts, it would have to be for Samalu, right? I mean, he's not starting yeah. over Brandon Brooks. He's not starting over Kelsey and he's not a tackle. So um, I, I, I think they're going to ease him in a little bit, but I do think it's possible by like week six, uh, he gets himself in there. Yeah. I mean, he could beat Samalu out for the job. I just don't think they're going to do it week one. Justin, are you with us? Or do you think uh, Dickerson makes a, makes a training camp run here and wins a job? No, I'm 100% with you guys. If if you see him, he's going to be sprinkled in periodically. You might see him in game one, uh, but it won't be to start uh, by any means. Uh, I think they would probably want to see what they have in game wise before they start to think about even starting him. You also pointed out the injuries. It's like, why rush, you know, this young kid who's been a bit injury prone in the past into an NFL season. Why not just see what he can do in game, give guys some rest, rotate him in here and there. And then, determine if he, if he's uh, able to start or worth starting. Yeah, I agree. Next one up we got is how many interceptions will Zach McPherson have or Zach get? I feel like this is going to plague me for the entire season until we get to the bottom of it. It's Z E C H. I, I maybe, I think it's short for Zechariah, but he calls himself Zach. Really just, just change the name to Zach, man. Make everyone, the, the people, Eagles fans have enough trouble pronouncing names. We're still getting over calling uh, Alshon Jeffries the entire time. Zach is just a cruel prank on the Philadelphia Eagles fan base. We're not, we're not cut out for this Zach. How many interceptions will Zach AKA Zach have total sitting at two and a half. I, I I'm optimistic on Zach as a, as a player, but he's a fourth round pick. I, I think I still think there's a chance they sign someone or trade someone for that second cornerback spot. I'm actually going to go under here. Although I will make this bold prediction. He does seem to have a nose for the ball. I do think he gets a turnover and I think he gets a defensive touchdown at some point in the season, whether it's a fumble recovery, an interception, maybe even getting him involved in special teams. I'll throw that bold prediction out there, but I I'm going under on the interception total two and a half actually seems kind of high. Robbie. I'm with you. I'm on the under. I, I just think, like you said, a fourth round pick, um, you know, he does sound like he's somewhat of a ball hawk, which I like, but I still think there could be another signing, which could limit his time on the field. And um, I just don't feel confident enough that he's going to be out there enough uh, to, to get over two and a half. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, I don't know if he's, if he's a second starting quarterback, that means he must be doing something right. So we'll see, but uh, still early, Justin, where are you at with two and a half interceptions for Zach McPherson? Yeah, number one, I think Rob pointed it out. I don't know if he's going to be out there enough to, you know, uh, put up the numbers that we need for him to get as far as interceptions here. Um, to get those three interceptions, uh, he's still fighting for a starting job there. Granted, our past history with quarterback injury luck has not been good. So if we're going based on previous seasons. He'll see probably plenty of time. Um, with that said, I mean, he might get a deflected interception. I don't know if he's a guy who's really, you know, going to be a stick to a guy, so to speak, in order to make 
his own interceptions happen. Um, if he can, that's more power to him. That's awesome. But he's a, he's a wild card for me right now. So there's no reason for me to invest in something that that's asking for over three or sorry, over 2.5 interceptions with him. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Kenny Gainwell last Eagles player prop bets. Kenny Gainwell yards from scrimmage total is set at 600 yards. I mean, for comparison, you know, Miles Sanders had 1,300, uh, you know, scrimmage yards his rookie year. He had a, he had like 500 receiving yards alone. They really used him uh, in the a ton passing. This is obviously a different offense. Kenny Gainwell coming in not as a second round pick, uh, farther down the depth chart. Hmm, this number feels pretty good at 600. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say over just because I think. I don't know all the news I'm hearing about how they're going to be involved in the screen game and and getting him involved in passes. If you're playing full point PPR, he certainly is an interesting fantasy guy, especially in best ball, super deep. Or if you have Miles Sanders as a handcuff, uh, I'm going to say over, but it, I, I think it's pretty on. You know, 17 games. That's less than. I mean, that's less than 50 yards a game. I don't know what carry on Johnson's role is going to be in the offense. So that, that could put a uh, monkey wrench in it, but you know, I mean, they certainly liked him. They drafted him and, and seemed pretty high on him. So over 600 yards feels doable. Justin, where are you at on the Kenny Gainwell hype train? Uh, I like this one a lot, actually. Uh, I like the idea that I can hedge it as well with the miles Sanders bet there for over 900 yards rushing. Because uh, Miles, like we pointed out, has been bagged up in the past. So I think Gainwell's a guy who can come in in his spot and get those rushing yards. And if you're going to hedge with that and Miles goes down, I mean, I think you can almost guarantee that 600 then there. So I would go with it. I think they can both. Uh, I think Miles can get over the 900 rushing yards and Gainwell can also get over the 600 rushing uh, or sorry yards from scrimmage. So you're talking about passes as well. Um, I think those are two pretty solid blocks there. Yeah. Yep. Robbie, where are you at? So this is an interesting one. I just tried to look up and I should have done this quicker in advance. So this stat could be totally wrong, but I tried to look up what Boston Scott had last year. Um, just as a kind of comparison, I can can pull that up. And uh, I think Sean, maybe you can verify really quick, but I think yards from scrimmage, he had five eighty six. So just under this, I think it was about 374 rushing and yep. the rest were nailed it. Uh, I've so, um, you know, it's interesting. I, I just, I like him. I think he's exciting, but I think we are going to make miles the workhorse. So I think he's going to be a change of pace or, um, you know, in the slot. Uh, I, I'm, if you're pushing me, I'm going under just because I think, we're going to be spreading it around a bit. And I do think miles is going to be the guy, um, but he could easily go over it. This is one. I don't feel strong about one way or the other. Yeah. I mean, it, the number does sound right. I'll, I'll go slightly over, but uh, you, you make a compelling case for the, uh, for the under there. All right. Before we wrap things up, it's not on the sheet going, going off the books here. Wild card. Justin, what is the uh, what is the one game on the Eagles scheduled you're most looking forward to for this season? Oh, the game in Vegas by far. Uh, <laughs> we're going to be there. We're going to be having some cold course lights. We'll probably even go to the Wind Casino and put some bets in. I mean, who can't have fun doing that? Watch one hell of a game. Watch the birds win. 
You know, what, what else more is there to look forward to other than that game this season? Robbie, that game is gone. Now you can, you, you, uh, you can't use Vegas. What's another game you're, you're excited for. Oh man. Um, you know that I was obviously going to say Vegas, but you know what? I'm going to say the first giants game, yeah. um, just because they were such whiners in the off season about so us much. tanking. Uh, then we saw Devonte Smith. So I'm just looking forward to going in there and just stomping on them. Uh, and, and, you know, just uh, showing them what's up. Oh, it'll be can't wait for uh can't wait for more videos of guys punching walls after that game. <laughs> that is that is so funny. The the Giants fan who punched the wall. We're we're having draft reaction wall punching videos. That's the world we've gotten into. Uh, we'll see. It'll it'll be really great icing on the cake. And you and you talk about the division games. What better? Uh, what better sort of revenge? The Dallas Cowboys could have had Devonta Smith. No, they traded down. What better revenge than on Monday night football early in the Sirianni uh, tenure to go down to Dallas and light them up on Monday night football. I felt like we've had some close losses in Dallas lately. We're due for a W down in big D and uh, it's going to be awesome. All right. That'll do it for the podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the diehard Eagles podcast feed. Search for it, Diehard Eagles, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. If you're listening to this on the network feed, if you're already on the Diehard Eagles podcast feed, thank you. Fly Eagles, fly. Toss us a review and mention uh, mention uh, how much the Cowboys suck in your review. We'll hook you up with a free T-shirt, courtesy of uh, SGP, a merch store, and. Uh, all the uh, prop bets we gave out, check them out over at WinBet, or you can actually vote on the props over at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. We'll, uh, we'll announce uh, some of those winners uh, depending on uh, if I remember to do it. All right, that'll do it for the podcast. For Rob, for Justin, go birds. Go birds. Go birds. Go birds.